Hey, what's up, everybody? Clayton gets here with Proximity Podcast, joined once again by this hottie. <laughs> my wife, Stephanie Gets. Oh my gosh, I was telling somebody this morning that um, you, she was having a rough time, and and uh, and uh, she, I said, I said, look, she said, how are you doing? I was like, I'm great. She said, oh, I'm not quite great, and I was like. I woke up this morning <laughs> and turned over and I had the most beautiful, sexy, smart, incredible mom partner lying next to me. Like, like life is good, man. Uh, but anyway, that's another podcast. So um, we are joined today by somebody that Stephanie and I um, recently just just met and we, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of been a mentor from afar. He doesn't know this, um, but it's it's just fun to fun to talk to people that that know uh, Rich Lennon very well and what he's doing and what he's done and um, the value that he provides. And so just super excited to uh, to be joined by Rich Lennon today. We're gonna tell you a little bit about him and then we're gonna jump in and get to know you more. So thank you for carving yeah, out thanks for having no, me. You're, no, you're, uh, you're busy. Yes, yes. So Rich Lennon comes from an entrepreneurial tra um, tradition, having worked initially with his parents in their family business before branching out into his own ventures with a strong foundation in real estate and a commitment to continuous growth, Rich has become a prominent figure in the industry. His passion for teaching and giving back to the community is evident in his involvement as a championship winning coach of youth soccer for over two decades, that's amazing, mm -hmm. and his active volunteerism in his children's school. Rich holds a BS in engineering from Virginia Tech, which provides him with a unique analytical perspective in the real estate landscape. His vision for RVA Property Solutions is built upon the principles of creating a win-win situation and empowering individuals to succeed in the real estate market. With his expertise and commitment to providing value, Rich is excited to share his knowledge and guide you and us on the path <laughs> to real estate success. And so if you're not from the Richmond area uh, and you start getting into this invest investing real estate world, Rich's name is commonly thrown out there. I'm sure you know that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I've been around, I've been around. We're just saying I'm old is what I'm hearing. <laughs> no, 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 and, and very successful and it's thrown around for a reason. And so we went to an event. It was a real estate and uh, no, it was a mastermind event with Jenny, right? Um, yeah, that's right. Hall. Yeah. And, but there was also a, a, a ring. But there was a ring there event, well. which, mm -hmm. which Rich will share a little bit more about um, in a little bit. And he was there and we had the, the first uh, time opportunity to meet and be connected with you. Mm -hmm. And so um, I, I believe that everything happens for a reason and there are no coincidences. So I'm super, Clayton and I are both super grateful that we had the opportunity to meet you. And, yeah. and now here you are. Yeah, it was great to meet you guys. <laughs> I think we were standing outside like on the second floor, Dover Hall, like yeah. checking yeah. out. That's a unique castle. Right? That was pretty awesome. cool. Yeah, yeah. So that was great. really, really cool. Yeah. Just he, checking out the you're actually yes. a tour of your room. Yeah, yeah. yeah. which is a yeah. big room, right? Yeah, it's it's like 2,500 square feet or something. Yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. So as we kick this off today, I'd love if you would share a little bit about about yourself and take us back to your you know, your childhood and, and what brought you down the road to real estate investing and now lending. Sure. Um, Let's see, I, uh, well, I don't even know where to begin on that. I, w I was, I moved around a lot as a kid. Um, my dad was an engineer, so that's kind of where I get my engineering background, probably goes back to my grandfather. And we moved around, he worked for a chemical company and they would buy plants. And so he was a head of one of the teams of engineers, they would buy something, we would move, 
they'd work on it for three years and then they'd buy something else and we'd, we'd move. So I lived in a lot of the Southern states and then ultimately California. Uh, my mom was orphaned at 16. She lost both her parents um, within a year or something, right? Yeah. And so, and that was, mm, I don't know, that had to be like early 60s or something mm-hmm. like that. So, um, yeah, and so pretty normal lifestyle. Like my dad, uh, yeah, my dad, engineer. So we, he wasn't really close with his kids. Mm-hmm. And um, so I, Unfortunately, I didn't get to know him maybe till I was out out of college. Mm -hmm. And then he got to know me as a person, but then he died early in life. Mm -hmm. And so kind of missed out on the dad thing, you know? So I know you were asking earlier, like what motivates you and what gets you going. And, you know, you made me start to think about that. I hadn't really thought about it too much of, um, you know, what keeps, what is the drive? And there's Mm -hmm. probably a drive within me to go prove something every day. And it's probably the way I was raised. Mm -hmm. Um, but I really hadn't thought about that, mm-hmm. but that, that's me in a nutshell. And so I went, I got an engineer degree at Virginia tech because that's what you did. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't particularly love engineering. Um, I have the mind for it. I, like I was born with it, mm-hmm. but like, it's not, was never my passion. Mm-hmm. So I was much more of a natural entrepreneur. I had, my dad had wanted to be an entrepreneur his whole life. He, he was an engineer and then ultimately he quit and he started his own business. It was the window treatment business and that business did really well for a bunch of years. And, uh, but then, you know, he got displaced and I, as an adult, I can think back on what happened and, you know, he wasn't aware of what was going on, but like uh, home Depot came and now you could do like next day blinds and you could get all the blind stuff really cheap. And so all those mom and pops went out of business yeah. over like a period of two or three years. And so, um, and then, so I, but I always saw the, him doing that. And my uncle was an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Both my uncles were entrepreneurs and I just had it in me. So I, I was a very, very short term engineer. And then I was a soccer coach for a long time. I just, I love soccer and I was coaching. And then I always tell people it was like a plumbing business where I would get contracts for local clubs and I'd charge them $125 an hour. And then I would get a college kid to go run the camps and you know, they get $25, $35 an hour and I got the arbitrage, exactly the way a plumbing business works. Mm-hmm. And so I did that for a long time. I really enjoyed it. And then, you know, my wife came to me one day and said, okay, we're moving to Richmond. And I was like, what, we're doing what? And she had, uh, she'd worked at AOL and then they wanted to move her to New York. She didn't want to go to New York. I didn't want to raise my kids in New York City. So she took a job at Capital One and, uh, you know, apparently she found out at the very last moment that, you know, it was in Richmond. I'm looking at you. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and she said, uh, and she said, Hey, you know, cause we've known each other since we were 16. Mm-hmm. We didn't get married until we were our, our mid thirties, oh, wow. but we knew each other as friends our whole life. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I remember all those times I supported you and all the crazy things you do. Like you called it the twenties. And, uh, I said, yeah, I said, oh, well, we're moving to Richmond. So we moved down here and it was, uh, buy a home a year, then buy two homes a year, then buy one home a month, then two months and then three a month. And then I just built from there. It was rather long winded, but that's how I got no, it. Oh, that's perfect. So, I love that. so, so I'm just curious. Um, so, so why, like, why, why did you guys start investing to begin with? Mm-hmm. Well, we were 
we had both work. We're both grinders and we wanted to go to the next level in wealth. And we just understood inherently that real estate was a great vehicle. So when we started, we certainly weren't pros at it. We, our first couple of rentals were, okay, we live here and then we buy the next one and we don't have to sell that one to buy the next one. So now we're landlords. And we just started to understand that we were building the wealth. And then it was the wife used Richmond's ability to cash flow as mm. one of the reasons that we should move to Richmond. Mm. Smart, and smart woman. Yeah, she is. She is. Uh, <laughs> she is the smart one in the family. And, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so so that was an attractive thing. And and we can't. Well, I lived in Northern Virginia, right outside D.C. for twenty five years, and mm -hmm. you can't really cash flow in that market. Mm -hmm. Houses are yeah, too expensive yeah. and, mm -hmm. and rent. So, but in Richmond, in these secondary markets, you know, at the time, and this was like mm -hmm. 2011, 2012, mm -hmm. um, you could still, you yeah. could still cash flow down here. Now it's a little difficult again. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. We're going to, we're going to unpack that. And yeah. so I, I want to yeah. back up for one minute, Rich, because yep. I'm, I'm, and I just want the listeners to um, understand this as well. You said you, you wanted to go to the next level financially, yep. right? Why? Well, I, you know, I think. There's a bunch of reasons. I think the cliche one is I wanted to leave a legacy for my kids. Mm. And I think that that was part of it. Mm. And we wanted to build a better life. Mm -hmm. I know my, my father's side, they were coal miners on my mm -hmm. dad's side. They, mm -hmm. So they came from coal miners. Mm -hmm. He was really the first one to kind of break out and, and his brother did as well, kind of break out, go get educated. Mm -hmm. Then they end up being like middle class, mm -hmm. you know, and I, we knew it was a responsibility to then take that one step further. Okay. Both my wife and I are very diligent about that. Mm. I'm not sure that's the real reason. I think it's because I'm very curious person. Mm. I'm, I'm naturally curious. Um, I like to build things. And so I, I would build soccer teams and I would build businesses. And when I got into the mechanics of it, I just loved the building mm. part mm. of it. Mm. And mm. it just filled something within mm. me. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Brendan used to always say, be, you know, be be curious mm -hmm. about about everything, everybody. Mm -hmm. and, and I asked that question because it, it's you know, um, I, you said this kind of pre-game, pre-show here. Um, you know, we're gonna we're gonna unpack this, Rich. But if they can do it, so can I, mm -hmm. right? You said if, if he can do it, if she can do it, why why can't I? Yes. But a lot of people look at that and they they don't for whatever reason they don't take action. And, and I don't know if it's because they. They don't that believe they, they can. They don't. They just don't have whatever. Like some something is missing that 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 um, keeps them from taking the next step, right? I I, I keep um, thinking that Tim's going to not show up one day because he's going to because we have so many investors on the on the podcast. <laughs> Tim's over there taking Tim's over there taking notes. And he's going to call in houses. sick one day because he's out there buying houses. Um, but uh, but no. So uh, okay. So so you you come down to Richmond and and you start you start investing and can you can you just take us. Un unpack that like so how what did that process look like mm -hmm, for you mm -hmm. right now and started in 2013 uh let's see i think i probably bought my first uh, as a real estate investor that richmond the things i did in nova i was just kind of accidental yeah, landlord yeah. so i 2012 would be my bet you know what's interesting honey Lori eubank started in 20 do you know yeah. Lori? i knew Lori so, very so well Lori started in 20, 2012 it, 2013 it was a good time uh -huh, right yeah, yeah. yeah and that's part of business sometimes you get it's, lucky right right yeah. and the market's not always the same, you know, as I've, I've grown, I've been conscious of the fact, Hey, did I hit a double or did I wake up on second base? Mm -hmm. Right. And you, you there's part of that 
with the market you got to be in the game us. to get lucky though. you have to yeah. that's right but i want to answer why i think most people don't mm -hmm. they don't take action it's because it's the people they surround themselves with mm -hmm. you have to surround yourself with people who say yes mm -hmm. like oh i'm gonna go do this crazy thing and you want to be around people that say yes you know okay let's talk about it let's yeah. un like unpack that a little bit yeah. But you need people that say yes. So good. And yeah. it, it, the people who say no, you kind of have to get, you have to push them aside. So good. Mm -hmm. And so your circle changes. So that is the so that's the whole concept of this podcast, proximity podcast, because that's what we okay, believe. That's, that's the proximity, yeah. Proximity, proximity getting, yeah. getting nearness, getting, nearness and space and time. Getting yeah. in the room with people yeah. who are where yeah. you want to be. Yeah, people, uh, people that'll say yes. yes. So it was yeah. uh, Jim. Jim used to say. Jim Rohn used to say um, that he hangs out with miracle workers. Right. You have a problem. No problem. Not for us. Not a problem for us. We'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. Yep. We'll figure it out. We can get it done. Right. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's so, so well said. Yep. Okay. So, so, um, uh, what was the problem? Like, how did you, so you, you bought a house, right? Yeah. Because, because you yes. mentioned before, before that you wouldn't have done it the same way today that you did when you started off as far as when you were purchasing your first. Well, there's a lot of like on the road, there's a lot of mistakes for sure. And so, but on that regard, I had enough money that I bought my first house with my own cash and I, I renovated it and we'd actually bought two with our, our own cash. I, they, in retrospect, that was a mistake. Cash is so valuable. Mm -hmm. If you have it, you can't let it go. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And even mm -hmm. I was too stingy. I was like, oh, I don't want to borrow money and pay an interest rate on money. That's a huge mistake in my opinion, mm -hmm. because as you go down the road, you need your capital. Mm -hmm. You need your capital to bail you out because you're going to get in trouble. Mm -hmm. You're going to have ideas that aren't successful. Mm -hmm. You're going to pay $15,000 for a marketing campaign that someone has a wrong phone number on. Mm. And you're gonna- <laughs> It sounds like that's gonna... happened to you. <laughs> <laughs> Stories I could tell. Yeah. <laughs> but you're gonna need the capital. And I didn't know that. And so I had, I actually, in the first year or two, figuring that out, I didn't grow as fast as I could have grown. Mm. Like I didn't, I'd really, it took me three or four years to the point where I was buying a lot of real estate. Did you figure that out on your own or did you, did you, get in the room with somebody who was just like look what i just wrote down who was your mentor yeah, yeah did you get in the room with somebody who was like why are you doing it this way you need to be doing it this way and like how did you so there was a network that i got introduced to and i got introduced to one of the locals jim ingersoll who uh, yeah, had originally yeah. gone out to that group and he's like hey this is a this is a good group mm -hmm. and i went out uh i went out i found them and these were people that just kind of blew my mind mm -hmm. on the financial side they were just so creative mm -hmm. and I was so boilerplate and just mm -hmm. doing it. And you know, these are the people that taught me how to do joint ventures and buying things in mm -hmm. trust and my asset protection. And they were all older, right? They were all, they were the gray hairs in the room. They're the ones that have the wisdom. They have the wisdom and they have the freedom mm -hmm. and experience and they, and they're not competitors. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So when yeah. you, and it was out of, it was out of my market as well. So if I'm talking to someone who's doing all their business in Austin, Texas, mm -hmm. they could give two hoots mm -hmm. about giving me everything that they have about yeah. their secrets to the world. Yeah. And I just got so lucky and so blessed. And a lot of those people I grew up with in the business. Mm -hmm. like I was, we were talking earlier, like Connor Steinbrook was mm -hmm. in that mm -hmm. original, very small yeah. circle. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so, and I've just surrounded myself with those people ever since. And mm. I am intentional about masterminds. I am intentional about travel. Mm. I think if you want to get to know someone, go travel with them. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. Do they wake up and are they mean? Are they, you know, like mm -hmm. get to know them. And mm -hmm. it's been a, it's been a huge win for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it, we, we tell people all the time, uh, same thing, Rich. Mm -hmm. I mean, we just would not be where we 
are today if we didn't spend the money and the time getting outside of this, you know, the, our cocoons mm -hmm. and traveling and going to different masterminds all over the yeah, we wish we could do it more. We're kind of in that busy season with where our kids are in so many sports. That we're yeah. limited in the amount that we can attend right now. If we could do more, we would do so many more. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for that yep. for that reason. Um, okay, so uh, so you get you get in the room. You're hanging out with Jim and and others. And so so when did you start? Um, when did you start taking it to you know? You, you bought one here. You bought one there. When it when did it become a business? Yeah, I would say. Maybe I thought it was a business on day one, mm, right? Okay. But in retrospect, we weren't like the processes weren't there. Like none of the stuff that makes a successful business mm. was there. Really started building that stuff out maybe two to three years into the mm -hmm. into the business, and it really, you know, it came down to and you mentioned it of if I saw someone else doing it, I wanted to do it better. Mm -hmm. I, that's in me. I'm a competitor, mm -hmm. and um. And, and so that was part of it. I remember people like, oh, I'm buying two houses a month. I'm like, I can do that. Mm -hmm. Like this guy or gal, like mm -hmm. it's, <laughs> it's, uh, and then, and then one time there was a person in the room and he said, I'm going to do, I'm, gonna, I'm doing 10 a month is mm -hmm. what he said. And they were doing like 130 deals a year. Mm -hmm. And I knew the person I'm like, no way, this <laughs> is not. And so I, I never got there. I never got to my 10. Right. And I would, you know, we, we did. I would think the average is probably four or five a month for a bunch of years. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And our highest was eight. And we every time a scaling, we could do a whole other podcast on. But as you mm -hmm. scale, of course, you break everything mm -hmm. all the time. Mm -hmm. And I was one man shop. Like my wife and I are married. And she's, of course, if you're in a business like this, your spouse is involved. Mm -hmm. But she has her W-2 job and we have the kids. And so it's really most of it is was alone. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I broke it a lot. <laughs> so, so, so is your wife still, um, W2 or she, no, with you? she, I joke with her. She quiet quit on me and <laughs> quiet quit. <laughs> she, you're, uh, you're home again. <laughs> <laughs> that is exactly what happened. <laughs> it was because she was working as a consultant. She's very successful in her career, like an, an executive for capital and AOL, mm -hmm. very successful. Mm -hmm. She was in a little boutique, um, uh, other boutique, uh, consulting firm for banks mm -hmm. and, uh, bank regulation is her, her stick and god she was one of the top people there they were going through troubles because banks were pulling back mm -hmm. last year i don't know if you guys remember but they weren't spending out the money so now the consultants like the business dries up and her boss is like well she went to her boss said, well i'll work part-time until we get this big contract coming mm -hmm. through in a couple months and then you know we'll come back and so she said she's gonna work part-time which i thought was like 75 percent, but now she's like oh no i'm gonna work four or five hours a month or a week and um, she was just around the house all the time. And I was like, aren't you going back to work? And then she's like, oh yeah, like next week we're talking about a thing. And finally I had to sit her down and I'm like, you're not going back to work. Are you? <laughs> <laughs> so her passion now is, and she's an author. See, so she's a author and she, uh, her passion is teaching financial literature to children. Mm. You know, her, really? her parents did a good job of it. They took it to one level. Um, you know, we think we've come up with another level, like our kids lend money, like, mm. and they're 10, 12, she created 14. a curriculum for this? Yeah. She's got a curriculum. She writes books and she's 
creating content and podcasts and yeah so that's her passion now okay and uh it's and really great new, she is she's a new customer she's a new that's great <laughs> she that's will love awesome. that yeah and, and what's, yeah. what is what is her name how, how can stephanie we stephanie brooks is the name that she okay. goes Does she by she have this content online to be purchased is it ready to be purchased? yeah so you so, can go to amazon and uh you okay. can purchase it yeah. we'll put that in the link oh in she'll that. love yeah. that yeah. that'd All be right. great yeah. yeah okay so um and, and i i know this is probably going to be a little elementary for you, but I just want to make sure because there are going to be people watching this. They're like, okay, like, you know, can can you can you just continue to unpack this a little yes. bit more? So, um, you said you used your own money, so you just paid cash for the first couple of deals. Yeah. Okay, and then then what did you do? I, I borrowed the money. Okay. You know, I you I had an epiphany one day, and I said, what was it? Okay, it was how many houses can I buy? Mm -hmm. if I have all the money I need. Mm -hmm. And the answer is all of them. Mm -hmm. And so I said, I, I need more money. And I had to learn, I had to learn how to move other people's money. And if you're gonna scale and you're gonna move, what you're really doing is you're moving other people's money for them. And, and they probably move it at different stages. So the old gray hairs in the room, like they wanna sit on the beach, they don't wanna do any work, they just want their money to work. Mm -hmm. right. I'd like to be there, like that's fantastic life for me. Mm -hmm when you're their ultimate customer is the flipper when you flip a home let's say you're putting your twenty five thousand dollars into the deal yourself mm -hmm. through sweat equity maybe you're making a hundred and fifteen percent return in six months on that 25 mm -hmm. and so now you're growing that right so you're really just growing money mm -hmm. right and so um people will be happy to take your product, which is the sweat equity you do in a in a value add situation on real estate, mm -hmm. they are happy to give you the money mm -hmm. in a secured spot, nothing safe, but in a secured spot. And uh, people, there's a whole industry of people who will lend you the money. And now you borrow their money, mm -hmm. and then you do their work. It doesn't, now you're not out of pocket a whole lot of money. Mm -hmm. And now instead of being able to do two, now I can do eight. Mm -hmm. And now my money stretches farther. Yeah. And it's an expense of I have to pay for the money now. And that was a mental hurdle for me yeah. for a while. Yeah. So I have a question about that because I'm thinking back. Um, we had a, a podcast of, um, not that long ago and, and the gentleman said, uh, your network is your net worth. Yeah. And so, I mean, I'm assuming you must have been in a place in life where you already had relationships with the people that would lend you that money and trusted you because they have to trust you that you're going to do what you say and earn them that money back. Otherwise, they wouldn't be lending it to you to begin with. Mm -hmm. So you were going to individuals, not to banks, right? You, were, you had these relationships. How did you, you know, if you're if you're speaking to somebody that's like they're 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 your 20 year old self and they're like well i'd love to do that i don't know anybody that makes that has that kind of money mm -hmm. how did you develop these relationships that that got you to that place and what did you you know you had to perform to earn that trust yeah well you have to you have to be able to perform that's that's mm -hmm. key before you start taking someone's money yeah. you have to be able to perform but i found that i would just talk about things and then the money would come and i'll give you some examples mm -hmm. so i was at a I was, we, I live in Chesterfield County and a couple, uh, this is a long time ago, but I was sitting around a campfire with my neighbors and we're there and they were talking about the fact that they're going to raise the, the real estate taxes 
um, and what that was going to mean for everybody. And so we were having that discussion. Mm -hmm. And as we were going through it, I was like, hey, we need to raise the real estate taxes, which is contrary to everybody else who's paying the taxes. Hey, we need the schools. It's important to Chesterfield's growing. We need it. And one of the things I said is like, hey man, I got I got a lot of houses in Chesterfield County. Raising the taxes means a lot more to me than it does to you mm-hmm. sitting at the fire pit. Mm-hmm. So I went home the next day. I went home that night. The next day, I got a call. I said, hey, I've I got a couple hundred thousand dollars. I've been wanting to be an investor for a while, but I'm not. Mm-hmm. Could you move my money? I said yes, mm-hmm. and that was my first one. Mm-hmm. My sec yeah. from the guy at the fire pit. From the guy, but actually, it was his wife that was at the fire pit. Mm-hmm. And I recalled back, she didn't say a word all night. Mm. Like she didn't say anything. She's taking it in. She just, yeah. And so I didn't even, I wasn't pitching to anybody about anything. Uh-huh. I was just, this is what I feel about. Mm. And I had another good lender. I got him at my kid's um, birthday party mm. that they were at. Not mine, but another one. Like, you know, those little bouncy houses. Mm-hmm. And like, until when you, my kids were young at the time, still young. But you, of course, as a parent, you have to stand right there at the bouncing house because they, they might eat them or something. <laughs> or they'll fall out. <laughs> or flow away. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just talking to some guy. I'm like, well, I was like, what do you do? I was like, oh, I'm a real estate investor. I just, I buy a lot of properties. And I, I just, I was just talking to him, killing the time, making sure my kid didn't die. And, <laughs> and he, and he said, he said, well, how much interest could you get on something like that? Mm-hmm. You know, and I gave him a number and he's like, I would do that. And I was like, oh, okay, that's great. And so I got another one that way. Uh-huh. And at, um, at the bouncy house. At the bouncy house. Yeah. 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 Money's not hard wow. to find. It's easy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The money yeah. is actually the easy part. Yeah. That's what that's what I've been told. So, mm-hmm. so, so let's, let's talk about the, the hard part because, you know, as you, and you said something a couple minutes ago about you, you have to, um, you have to be able to. To, to do the deal, to do well before right. somebody will sure. give you money. So do you want to comment on that? Like if you're if you're like looking to do your first deal and and you know, I think I think Jared Davis was what was the number that he threw out there that he thought you had you really needed to have? Was it twenty five thousand or fifty thousand or something? Something it was a number oh, that he to, thought to that you had to first have property. put aside mm-hmm. to buy your first property. Let's say in Richmond, Virginia, um, what, what would you say to that? That's if you're a, just getting started. Yeah, that's a pretty good number. You mm-hmm. want you, you're gonna you when people say that you can do it with absolutely any, none of your own money, mm-hmm. that's true, but it's not true at the beginning, mm-hmm. right? It's not true until you really get to mm-hmm. prove the model. And, mm-hmm. and so it's rare that you can get in. Mm-hmm. Now you can get in for free if it's a really good deal, mm-hmm. right? If there, if I'm a lender and there's so much equity that it cannot go bad on mm-hmm. me, mm-hmm. then I'm okay with mm-hmm. you having no money in the deal. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I have found that it's important to have your own money in the deal, particularly money that someone didn't give to you that like you earned mm-hmm. like I worked for five years for that 25 grand to mm-hmm. be sitting there mm-hmm. now I'm not gonna lose it mm-hmm. you want that good point. It's a great point you know yeah. yeah and that'll help you like so people charge kid with nothing I, it's a little bit it's a little bit more difficult so it's basically like do you know save your money to start um, prove what you can do with your own money yeah. first, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. then you have earned the right mm-hmm. to go and, and ask somebody if you yeah, can now a, use theirs. A, there, yeah. yeah, there are a lot of these, mm-hmm. a lot of these, you know, gurus online that you, I've always felt you have to be careful with people selling these programs that, yeah. you know, you can go buy 50 houses with, with no money and no experience. And so, yeah, that's, that's, yeah. that's good. That's good advice, Rich. Yeah. It sounds too good. So, um, okay. So let's talk about the, the hard part because, you know, you, you obviously, um, you know, have you scaled your business? Um, deal finding the deals because everybody wants to know like finding deals. So can you unpack that as much as you as much as you can? Mm-hmm. 
Well, finding deals is a piece of it, and that changes where you are on the cycle. Mm -hmm. I, I was talking before, when I started buying in 2012, I could just go to HUD home stores, and there would be like 10 homes, and I'd be like, I want that one. Wow. And so wow. <laughs> it was it was not difficult, and, and the liquidity of the banks was tight, mm -hmm. and so they wouldn't lend. Mm -hmm. And so, so it was harder for like a, an investor to go buy is less competition as mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. That has certainly changed over the years. Mm -hmm. um, and now, and, and to scale, you have to have predictable deal flow. Mm -hmm. If you're like, Hey, I'm going to have, I'm going to buy 35 next year. Mm -hmm. You have to have an exact model of what that looks like to get the deal flow. Mm -hmm. You have to have really good KPIs, which is like, I'm going to spend this much money and this much money is going to give me, uh, give me a phone call. And I'll tell you in Richmond, that number, it's about $250 for a phone call. And a phone call, by the way, might be go kick rocks, stop emailing me. Like it might be a, a really nasty mm -hmm. lead. You're you're gonna spend like thirty two hundred dollars ish in the market to get a deal in Richmond these mm -hmm. days. Mm -hmm. And you can do it through pay per click, and you can do it through direct mail, and you can do it in, in a number of ways. Um, but I have a unique perspective. I get to see a lot of the local mm -hmm. real estate investor businesses, and I understand the KPIs over a bunch of channels. And that's a pretty accurate number. So if you say, I'm going to want to scale and want three deals a month, well, you know, it costs you 10 grand. Mm -hmm. And then there's a lag. So if you're going to flip it, it takes eight months to flip a home in Richmond. Mm -hmm. Like I, it, it can be done faster. But I, would, I will tell you from what I see, it takes the average person eight months. Mm -hmm. Is that because they're doing it themselves or do they have contracting crews coming in? Like yeah, they have contracting crews and... Uh, one of the problems is permitting, particularly in the city of Richmond, might take you two to three months. Mm -hmm. And you know, getting things inspected has been a problem. Um, and also, the days on market for the sell has increased. Mm -hmm. We've had a bump in the last couple of weeks, mm -hmm. but uh, for a while it slowed down. And, and so I certainly see that across my lending portfolio. Mm -hmm. But it takes about eight months. So if you're going to say, okay, $10,000 a month but I'm not getting my first paycheck for eight months. Mm -hmm. And so now it's like 10, 20, 30, 40, mm -hmm. 50, you're up to 80 grand. Mm -hmm. And so um, that's one piece of it, which is the deal flow, but it can be bought. You mm -hmm. can buy it. Mm -hmm. um, the other part is I think very difficult, which is the people managing process. Mm -hmm. If you're buying, if you're buying four or five homes a month, it's chaos. Mm -hmm. It's chaos. You're closing all the time on mm -hmm. both sides and you're doing, you really are running a construction company mm -hmm. and the construction company, in my personal opinion, is the hardest company to run. Mm -hmm. I am personally not very good at the construction company. I, I do not like that part. And uh, so I was never great at it. That is probably why I could not push through to do more than 10 because I didn't want to really get in and organize the construction business, if I'm just being honest. Did you have somebody that was helping you with that aspect or you were doing that all on your own? No, we had full-time employees that we paid a lot of money. But like, you know, I always say, you know, roofers are always drunk <laughs> and painters are always smoking some they shouldn't be. And like, and you're, you're chasing those cats over nine construction jobs. Yeah. And so uh, uh, like, shoot me. Like I'm a person who's up and ready to go yeah. and attacking the world. As you build the organization, that is not what's happening. Mm -hmm. at the yeah, other. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, the other side, yeah. So I think that is the hard part because mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you can buy the deal flow mm -hmm. as long as you could be a decent salesperson. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and it's it's interesting too. It's it's um, when don't people find you too eventually? Like when they know that you're out there doing your thing and you're producing, you know, results. Don't don't deals just tend to find you? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
people will people will do deals with you because they like you for sure mm -hmm. people will do deals more so if you just do what you say mm -hmm. you're going to do mm -hmm. when you say you're going to mm -hmm. do it mm -hmm. really business is all that answer sure. your phone and do what yeah. you say you're going to do that's about hello it. like 95 percent of it cannot make that barrier yeah, right. and <laughs> which is great for the rest uh, of the five percent yeah um <laughs> that's so true yeah so uh Oh, I forgot. I lost my train of thought. Because <laughs> I was just thinking about why can't people just get up and do? It? <laughs> yeah. So so it's. Uh, but yeah, they give you deals. They'll call you. Yeah, get those right. relationships yeah. and yeah. show up with the money on time. Make their business better. Mm -hmm. That's one of the keys. Because you remember Add that person value. scaling. Yeah. Mm -hmm. you get that wholesaler who's trying to do two or three a month. Mm -hmm. It's same with I'm, when I'm a money lender. The value I bring is making it so the business person's job is easy. They can count on mm -hmm. it. So if, if you're gonna sell it to Rich Lennon or one of the the other buyers you're done you can turn it off yeah. and you can yeah. go on and you yeah. can keep building your business yeah mm -hmm. and so if you create that environment you get as much as you want yeah yeah no that's so good so so talk about to um the did you ever get into wholesaling yourself that's what i was going to ask that question yeah so I, like of course i've wholesaled properties mm -hmm. when they when they come in when you're doing a high volume mm -hmm. you're gonna let some of those deals go as I've gotten older and lazier and hate the fact, I hate construction by any metric of it. Mm. Uh, I'm still in it now. I still have my construction business, although I, I don't want to. And, uh, but I'm starting to market again as I see an opportunity growing in Richmond mm. and I will almost exclusively wholesale. Mm -hmm. I won't. And it's, I will leave money on the table happily mm -hmm. for someone else to come in and do that construction job so that it's not rich London. Okay, so so is that that's the main reason is the construction? It's it just it's Ease so much faster. It's, yeah, it's really fast. Yeah, it's interesting. I have a friend uh, or an acquaintance out of um, he is in Arizona, I believe, but he he's created a whole. And I know that these businesses exist all over the country, but his his they do four or five thousand a year. Yeah, it's a lot. It, it, yeah, whole, all wholesale, and it, it's it's a hundred percent wholesale, and it's mm -hmm. it and it's probably exactly because of everything that you just said. That's really interesting. Mm -hmm. But I will say that it's it's important to go through the process of it because mm -hmm. the only so reason understand. that I can be a, a yes a successful lender that I enjoy now is because I can walk into a home and I've bought a couple hundred rounds. I bought, I've done the hundred flips. Mm -hmm. I, so I can just see it and be like, mm -hmm. I got it. Mm -hmm. And that was invaluable to mm -hmm. me now. So now I don't have to go through it, but mm -hmm. I do think that was a big part of the future success. And I didn't know that at the time, only yeah. looking back. Yeah, 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 yeah. And okay, so so the, the evolution of this thing, so you, so you figure out how to how to scale. You put your team together, and I thought it was interesting. You said you had a, a number of, of virtual assistants. You had two full time employees, like like um, non virtual in house. Yeah, I think at, at most we had three. Three, we had three okay. full time. Okay, and then and then some part times with the marketing and stuff. We used some of that in, in house, but I. I got lucky. <laughs> we always get lucky, right? <laughs> but I was on to VAs really uh, three or four years before everybody else. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I found a way to hire them. I still hire them that way. Mm -hmm. And it's been really successful for me. And at one point we had like 14 full-time VAs. And can, can you show, you want to share that? Uh, the, the, oh, you found a way to hire oh, them? Oh yeah, sure. Uh, I just, again, I just start at the end. I wanted, I, want, I said, I want the top one half of 1% of the population. Mm -hmm. I, so I started with that premise. And so I built a funnel and I, but the idea was that 200 people would enter the funnel mm -hmm. and one would come out mm -hmm. and, and therefore I get my half a percent. And mm -hmm. so what I did was I 
I posted a very complicated digital trail across the internet. And this is so me. And, and this it, is the engineer. <laughs> and I'm already out. <laughs> but like the first one was like a really detailed job posting, but like halfway through it said, ignore everything that this says and go here. Right. Mm. And so, cause everybody says, oh, I'm detail oriented. I like, but these are people who are gonna read your documents. Like mm. you, so if you would like give me, like we didn't even have a place that their resume could come in. They were just like, click and click and like, that's not your employee. You don't want that one. Mm -hmm. And so then we would send them the first thing is like a video. It's me. It's not a very good video, but it's like, Hey, I live in Richmond, Virginia. I'm in the Eastern time zone of the United States. I live from nine. I work from nine to five. Yeah. And, and so I gave them everything about me and then it cuts off in the middle and then it tests them on everything that was, that was there. Mm. And so now they take a test and then they were, they apply to the test and then an auto responder tells them another task. Mm. And now I'd have them to do amortization schedules. I do a 15 year amortization schedule at 8% and tell me what my payment 156 is, mm. right? And and so it was this complicated thing. And remember, they're not being guaranteed a job here. Mm -hmm. Like they don't know, although I would say at the beginning, it's a full-time job. It, at the time it was $6 an hour, which mm -hmm. is a really good VA pay. Mm -hmm. You get an executive level for $6 an hour. And it, so I, I just made it very complicated. I wanted them to drop out. Every time they thought they got to the end, I would pull the rug out. Mm -hmm. And the final one was like, was when you'd get to like 90% would get somewhere and the final ones would always fall out. I was like, oh, okay. Now I want you to write a 500 word essay in your own language. Then I want you to film it. And then I want you to call me on this telephone number. And, wow. but I was really doing, I was, oops, I was, testing their technology. Yeah. Are yeah. you gonna be able to do the things I need in the business? Wow. Yeah. Can you call the United States? Mm -hmm. And so um, and so, whoever drops out of the funnel, I've always given them a job. And I've, I have no communication wow. with them until then. If they call me during the, because you can find me, if they call me, they're out. Because mm -hmm. they can't follow the rules. Mm -hmm. Like these are the rules, follow, I need an employee to follow the rules. Yeah. And and I always ask them the same question when that first time I talked to him, I was like, why did you do this? This is, this is stupid. Like, why did you do this? And every one of them gave the same answer. I was curious to see where it was going to go. Yeah. Yeah. And so you have someone who's curious, problem solves, detail oriented, has all the technology. It is so smart. Mad. Yeah. That's so, and I don't have to pay anybody else. Like there's no and you company did or that all on your own. Yeah. Well, yeah. I was in fairness, it was part of that financial friends group. Right? There was a guy, his name was Steve, and he was kind of got me onto this idea mm -hmm. of like how to do, he was also an engineer. Mm -hmm. And you can imagine we geeked out over one. <laughs> like, yeah, that yeah, happened. that's amazing, that's amazing. Yeah, that's, that's, that's brilliant, that's brilliant. Okay, so um, uh, did you, uh, this, is, this is real, I'm being selfish here, but um, was there an operating system, like a traction or you know, EOS or something that you, that you used for your business? Yeah, I still, I still use EOS. You use EOS. I, okay. I still use it today. Yeah. And yeah. I've been using it uh, uh, maybe six or seven years. Mm -hmm. It's fantastic, I yeah. love it. Yeah. And we still operate through those principles. Yeah. And all the, I, I do, I train students and all of them, I think I run the level 10 EOS with them mm -hmm. and it is the number one thing they always get back to me and say, that's the thing mm -hmm. that changed my business mm -hmm. yep. and you have to have an operating yep. system. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And agreed. We, we, we moved to traction a few yeah. years ago and it changed, it changed our world. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, go ahead. Honey. So, well, so, so you, how many homes when you first got started in this, did you hold versus flip? Oh yeah, you don't have to say the number. No, no, but no, like no. Percentage it's, wise, that's like, a great question. It's uh, it's 
it's probably at times it's probably one to one, and then at other times it's keep two, sell one. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, I always tell people you flip to eat, and you you uh, hold to make wealth. Mm-hmm. And because mm-hmm. all the money that we flipped, we burnt. Like it was burnt right. through all the marketing, through all the employees. Like we had to flip. And I looked at it as this, I have to flip to pay the employees to get the rentals. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to, and by the way, that's a really good tax strategy, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. you're not making a lot of money when you're taking the active income and then burning through it with all your expenses. Yeah. Yeah. Like you, you're not making a lot of money on your P&L. Mm-hmm. You might have added a million dollars of equity, mm-hmm. but you ha- don't pay any taxes on that. Mm-hmm. And I exercised that strategy for a long time. Mm-hmm. So... Um, so you you basically flipped to pay your employees is what you said and yeah. you held for wealth. Yeah. Um, so you're obviously it must be the engineer brain that you have where you're it sounds like you were very good at reading the market and knowing like when's the right time and I'd asked you before the podcast like right now it is it harder to buy to hold right now versus buying to flip and you said it, it is yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and I would say. The strategies will have to change. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think people uh, wanting the interest rates to come down. I don't know that that's a good thing, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I will tell people where the wealth is right now. The wealth are all the thirty year notes that were created. Call it from March of two thousand twenty through. I mean November. December of 2021, something like that. Like the 18 month period, mm-hmm. the the Fannie Mae was creating those 3% notes mm-hmm. and they're out there. And you go get the notes. Like you can take properties in a lot of ways. You don't have to buy them with cash. You can take them subject to, you can buy them on land contracts. But the hidden wealth is you gotta go find those. The notes with the low per- the yeah. low percentage. That's right. Mm-hmm. And, it, and you know when, like, so if I were looking, and I tell people this all the time, if I were looking, I'd be looking for houses that were bought in 2000, call it 19, and then resold within a year in 2020, 2021, because you're looking, particularly it was bought with cash, so you're looking for a flip, mm-hmm. right? You're mm-hmm. looking for a flip mm-hmm. that someone that someone flips, so all the 20-year systems are done. Hopefully it has a new roof, hopefully mm-hmm. it has new windows. Mm-hmm. Like you're looking for that, and it's uh, probably a first-time home buyer mm-hmm. that um, has that note right now, and they have some equity, and you could give them cash for the equity, or sometimes they don't have equity, and you know they, maybe they run into issues or whatever, mm-hmm. but, I think there's a gold mine there. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. Yeah. Go get those notes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. I hope everybody heard that because I just wrote that down. Yeah, I was too. Yeah, they were right. Good stuff. We, sh- we should we should write you a check after this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, people gave it to me, and I think that's part of it. You just yeah. have to give it back. Yeah, you have to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think absolutely. I, I really do believe that. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I appreciate that. Um, so, uh, so you. Um, I, I, I want to find out the transition from, you know, w- when you got to a place where you're like, you know what, I want to, I'm going to, I'm going to lend. I want to, I want to lend. So, you know, you're, you're building your business, you're building your business. You, you get up to eight, you said eight properties in, in a month was your, was kind of your highest. Um, and let's actually start here. Cause I asked you pre uh, podcast as well. I said, I said, what's the number? Like what, what's the number, um, where, you know, as an investor, you can be like, I'm good. You know, I'm, I'm good. I don't have to grind as hard. I can, you know, where the stress kind of, kind of goes away and you can, if you wanted to, right. I've, I've, 
I've always, you know, thought it would be um, uh, for most people working because you you love what you do so much, mm-hmm. like like it's not really work working, working because, because you, you want, want to, to, not because yeah. you have to. So, what was that point for you? And then we'll then we'll get into the lending. Yeah, sure. I I think that number for everybody. I think everybody in America is this number. I think it's $10,000 a month post-tax. That is not a jet set life. That is a good life, like pre-tax as a W-2 employee earning like 165, 170, Mm -hmm. something like that. Mm -hmm. And the average income in America is right around 65, 70 right now. It's up a little bit. Um, So that's a great life. And that is a life that you can just, you could be done. And so when you hit that number, you should be, that should be a number. Now, my experience has been that the person who gets to that number, because that's a hard number to get to. Mm-hmm. People will like blow some smoke, but that's a hard number to get mm-hmm. to. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah. But once the same person who got to 10 doesn't want to stop, mm-hmm. right? Because they enjoyed the journey because they went through a lot of hardship. Mm-hmm. And so and they now they got, it out. It, they got it ironed out. Mm-hmm. That's right. And so, but I think it's 10,000 a month is freedom. Mm-hmm. My issue has been, I've always set the financial goals and every time I achieve it, I decide it's not enough. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, like, I apologize to my wife in advance, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's just something that's in me. Yeah. And, um, but you get to the top of that mountain and then you see another mountain. Yeah. They're like, ah, oh, <laughs> yeah. there's another one. Yeah. Yeah. I was talking to this lady and she's getting 200 a year. I got to yeah. beat her. Right? Yeah. 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 That's right. Exactly yeah, right. I thought yeah. this was the peak. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, it, you know, I'm going to just in the interest of time, we're going to jump around just a little bit rich. Cause, cause I want to get to, um, I want to get to lending and I want to get to your network as well. Mm-hmm. And we'll make sure that the links for all of this, sure. any links that you want, um, Tim, we'll pop those in the, um, uh, in our, um, channels. So what, what strategy, I, just, I want to make sure that, that I, that I didn't miss this question. What strategy did you use to pay? Did you use any strategies to pay your properties off faster or did you just, just simply let the tenants pay off the properties? Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, I didn't, I, we played a lot around with the numbers. My wife's really smart with numbers and you know, she was really into for a while. Hey, if we pay this down faster, like how does that work? Mm-hmm. If you get to a certain level and so you're buying, and I don't think it has to be a very high level, I think 20 rentals, 30 rentals, like it doesn't have to be that high of a mm-hmm. level. Um, you, as you move pieces around on a chessboard in a way that I hadn't thought of before, I felt like, Oh, I got to get my free and clear like in this way. Mm-hmm. But, um, I've found smart leverage is good and I don't, I don't refi very often. I like my loan to value pretty low cause I don't trust banks inherently. Mm-hmm. Um, but I actually, you, you need to have a couple free and clears. You need to have that cause sometimes you need money. Mm-hmm. And so you want to call up your financial friend. You're like, Hey, I, hey, I need a hundred grand. Could you, mm-hmm. yeah, let's just throw a note and deed of trust on this property. Mm-hmm. I get my hundred grand. Mm-hmm. So I think a couple free and clear. Um, but now, nah, cause I just find that there's, equity in the properties as, as they grow over time. And when yeah. you want money, you just go get it. You're so like, you're I'm not just gonna... selling, you're not selling properties. You'll just go, you'll just go pull and just keep, and just keep going. Yeah. Well, I've been selling, I've been selling the last two years because of, because of prices. Well, prices. And so when the government, I, I, well, as a business decision as well, when the government, a lot of decisions, the government paid all the renters for not all of them, but mm-hmm. I would say a, 25% of my portfolio by the end of COVID was getting a hundred percent us government subsidy. Mm. Virginia did a really good job of getting the mm. money out. They didn't get it out quick, mm-hmm. but they got it out. Yeah. And so they paid, but what happened was people weren't paying rent for like a yeah. year and a half. Right. Yeah. And so 
I would say that almost all of those people did not resume paying rent. Like that wasn't a thing. Mm. And so that didn't end by the way till, till December 31st, 2022. Right, so right. we're only in the year. So now all the courts are backed up. Yeah. Everything's backed up, right? So now um, that's why I said I'm, I'm in a construction company again. Cause now those tenants also, by the way, treated my properties poorly. Yeah. I don't mind saying that, yeah. right? Yeah. The, the people who we just gave money to, yeah. they yeah. weren't, they weren't we kind. Had, we had similar experiences. Yeah, we did. And unfortunately, so it was either, hey, I'm going to dump 20 into it, 20 grand over a bunch of homes, mm -hmm. dump 20 into it, um, or I could dump 30 into it and rake off all the equity mm -hmm. that all the prices are. And so mm -hmm. it was either I'm out a bunch of money or I take it. And so mm -hmm. yeah, I weighed that pretty quick and said, take the money. And I also lending outperforms your rentals by a lot, like a lot. So your, your rentals probably like cash on cash, like at the value of the home, probably make you six or 7% return. Now you're leveraged, so mm -hmm. like your money to money is a little bit different. Mm -hmm. So, but now you get so much equity. Like, well, so what do you do when you have a home that you've got $100,000 of equity in? Mm -hmm. Now you're looking at your equity and you're realizing that you're only moving your equity at 8% or something mm -hmm. like that, where now you can take the equity and now you can do it into another vehicle, mm -hmm. which for me is lending. People have other vehicles, mm -hmm. but for me, I've learned to lend my money at like 20, a different strategy, 20, 30, 40%, which just crushes the yeah. rental. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So for me, it was, I didn't have to get free and clears because mm -hmm. they became an inefficient vehicle. Mm -hmm. okay. and, so, and so now, I, so I never, it's good to have a couple free, but I don't pay them off mm -hmm. quicker. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. Um, do, you, do, you have, uh, do you have a website for your lending company? Yeah, um, I should got to remember it. It's lending to rva.com. Lending to Tim, can you lending to? Thank you, brother. Lending to rva.com. Yep. Okay, yep. yeah, we'll we'll pop that in there um, as well. So, um, and also maybe I can't remember. Did we already mention your your mastermind group that you have? No, is that open to? No, it's not really open right now. Okay. So we're not. We okay. don't really take. We took haven't taken people in there in a while probably in a year okay. so we'll do something next year but okay. now are you talking about because you have two right isn't so you have like i have a local one yeah yep, that is and and that one is local to richmond anybody come it's super cheap yeah. i think it's like 15 bucks a night yeah. and i buy yeah. you a drink and so we do it's been meaning for 20 years i've mm -hmm. i've been running it for maybe six or seven okay and it's the second to second wednesday of every month okay okay and, and that's here in, in richmond here in richmond and, uh, and how, how can they find that um, therichmondring.com. Therichmondring.com. Yep. Tim, I'll pop that in there too, please. And then, so so your elite is something that is invitation only and all that, all that good stuff. Um, uh, commercial versus residential. I think it depends on where you are in your own personal wealth curve. Mm -hmm. I attribute almost all of my personal wealth to buying single family homes. Mm -hmm. And so... It's hard for me not to say, go do that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, I think once you obtain a certain level of wealth, you get into tax problems mm -hmm. where now you got to go buy bigger things. Mm -hmm. And so whether it's a lake house or mm -hmm. beach house or a, a condo or multifamily or you have, you need those tax deductions, mm -hmm. to, you know, cause I'm just what opposed. A, what a great problem. Yeah. 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 It's, it's a, right. uh, it, it is a, it's a first world problem. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I always tell people this, I, I always tell you it's your obligation mm -hmm. to, yeah. to take care of, to do the tax deductions. And some people don't understand that, but I tell them that the U S government 
raised their hand. They said, okay, this is what we can't do as a government. So we are going to subsidize the spots where we need the investors. Mm -hmm. And single family homes, a great example of that. Mm -hmm. Like, can you imagine a world where the government ran all the housing for the rentals? Mm -hmm. My God, it'd be like the Eastern block where we'd have all these block buildings and like, how depressing would that be? Mm -hmm. So what they've done is they've said, okay, we know we can't do it which is one of the rare things I agree with on our government mm-hmm. sometimes. Mm-hmm. But they say, they're going to incentivize me to go do this because they need me to do it. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. me taking the tax advantages, and now I'm creating jobs for all those people. I'm doing what they asked me to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think it's your obligation. I always tell you, hey, the tax code is like 4,200 pages long. Yeah. The first 400 are all the rules, and the next 3,600 are all the reasons not to pay attention to the first 400. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you got to learn them both. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, so we had to take a, a brief pause there because my wife had to step out for uh, an appointment that she couldn't miss. We, we ran a little bit over, uh, but I'm going to wrap it up because um, we've got some stuff that we really want to get to and and uh, want to make sure that you know you guys are educated on. I mean, Rich is, is just such a, a wealth of knowledge. Just want to make sure everybody um, gets as much as they can out of this conversation. So again, thank you, Rich. And um, so she didn't just like disappear. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. She's running the it's business, the, right? The yeah. rapture. We were yeah. behind. Right. The rapture. <laughs> Rich. Um, uh, I shouldn't joke about that. So, yeah. um, so let let's let's get back let's let's get back into um, the lending piece for just a second here. So, you um, at, at what point did you transition to to lending? I've been I was deep into the IRAs early in my career. Like I so I was all about self-directed, self-directed IRAs okay. mm-hmm. and self-directed IRAs for my kids. And mm-hmm. so we we mm-hmm. went down that rabbit hole and I was investing for um quite a while, well, maybe as early as maybe fourth year in my in the okay. in the business. Like it okay. took me a while to figure out what that was. Yeah. And and so I was investing in the IRAs consistently throughout it. But it wasn't until I I was selling all the homes mm-hmm. and now I really had just this huge surplus of cash mm-hmm. and I just became more and more comfortable and my nature is just to go faster and faster mm-hmm. and harder and harder. Mm-hmm. So it was um, when we transitioned out of the buying all the homes, mm-hmm. all the money that's kind of out on the street starts to come back in mm-hmm. and now you have all this money and of course sitting in the bank account it is the most inefficient place. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, so I, I started off small, just one or two. It was mm-hmm. actually pretty scary when I was putting mm-hmm. out a big chunks of money like mm-hmm. that. Uh, but it has been uh, fantastic. I, I've never lost money on a rental. Mm-hmm. I've, I've always been able to, you can hold it long enough to get rid of your mistakes. Mm-hmm. I have definitely lost money on flips. It's mm-hmm. definitely happened. Mm-hmm. And I've never lost money on a loan. Mm-hmm. And okay. I think it's worth noting that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I've done a fair amount of them at this point. Okay, okay. Um, and we've got, we got that website. Um, yeah, cool. And so interest rates, you, you have a unique perspective on. Yeah, and I'm gonna yeah. caveat it by saying it's just my opinion. Yeah. It's just me sitting yeah. around. But we all know what the problem is, is inventory, right? So the inv- there's no inventory. Mm-hmm. There's, still, there's still buyers that wanna go out and buy that. That hasn't gone away, people still move, that still happens. So we, our real problem right now is inventory. And if we, when, what happened in 2008, 2009 was all this inventory coming mm-hmm. to the market and now it gets flooded and the, that's what happened. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to envision um, a scenario in which the Fed lowers the rate. They've been Mm -hmm. teasing us on it. Mm -hmm. The market's doing great today. Um, But in an environment, if if the economy is running hot, they won't raise the interest Mm -hmm. rate. It doesn't make any sense to do that. Mm -hmm. They they should keep them up. So the only reason that they would 
rate lower them is because unemployment has started to pick up and then we're into some type of a little bit of a, a recession, right? Mm -hmm. So we go in, so unemployment will go up in the scenario that we see the Fed will actually drop the rates. So, but when the Fed drops the rate, they're going to uncork all the pent up, all the pent up people who haven't been able to put their houses on the market because people aren't selling their homes because it doesn't make any sense. They have to downgrade unless they're moving. Mm -hmm. There's no more, I'm living in this neighborhood in the city and now I'm going to go move to that neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And their only reason they haven't sold and captured their perceived wealth, and I say perceived because equity is only perceived until you get it in your mm -hmm. bank account. Mm -hmm. So they can't capture their wealth. Well, what environment would create all that stuff to come back to the market? Lower interest rates. Mm -hmm. So if the Fed is in a spot where unemployment goes up, which means jobs, which means now people are going to have to sell their house because they don't have a job. Mm -hmm. They're going to see all the equity. Mm -hmm. So those people are definitely going to put their houses on yeah. the market. Yeah. But now I hey, the people have been waiting for four years, five years, six years to, to go back. Right. Cause we were raising the interest rates before the whole COVID. And now, mm -hmm. so the people that are locked in will be free to move. Mm -hmm. And so what are they going to do? I think they're going to take all their money. That's what I would do. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I think you'll have a flood of homes come back to the market mm -hmm. because now they can go up in the neighborhood with the money that they've received. Right. Right. And it'll only be the people that can achieve it who do it first as well. Mm -hmm. Right. Because they'll be the first ones in. Mm -hmm. And, but if you get that rush because interest rates go down, you actually crash the real estate market because the demand I don't think will change a whole lot because people already want to buy houses. So the lowering of the rate Maybe a little uptake in demand, but it's going to only come from the people that sell that create the demand, right? And so, so you don't think home prices are going to sky are going to skyrocket if if rates come down? I think it could go the other way. You do, I do. Interesting. It only if it brings the inventory back. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, so that's just I, yeah. I'm, I'm not an economist. No, no it's it's interesting because I, I was listening to uh, a PBD Patrick Bed David was at a was talking about this like today if interest, if interest rates went from where they are to 5% today there would be a, a flood right of of sellers yes. of home sellers but prices have not come down considerably they haven't come down really at all in, in not the in market yeah mm -hmm. so so then say so, so you don't think the demand would outweigh the supply the, the, you think the flood the pent up uh, demand of sellers that are waiting to hit the market is bigger than the demand of buyers well don't forget the only reason that the fed would reduce it other than just being greedy would be in an environment that the economy was struggling mm -hmm. right so you now you got unemployment you've got mm -hmm. uncertainty you've mm -hmm. gotten like you the demand will naturally decrease mm -hmm. from the from mm -hmm. the people looking okay yeah the demand will yeah. come from the people selling yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. i got you yeah yeah, that makes more sense. Do do you so, so a little bit of a conspiracy uh, theory okay. here? But I, but I just I can't, you know I, I I tend to I tend to feel like the government creates the inflation, and then they have a solution for it's the, all the Fed right, they and all the printing of all the trillions of dollars, and then they have a solution for um, you know the the problem. Um, but I don't like the solution for this problem because, I mean, in your scenario, actually, if, if home prices come down, then, which I, you know, I, I hate to say this because, you know, <laughs> of, of what I do for a living and, and my clients, um, but it, they're unaffordable for a lot of people. First time home yeah. buyers are, I mean, they're, they're pretty much priced out in certain markets. They are absolutely yeah. priced out and then you got to get mom and dad to come in and, and get creative and all this stuff. 
So do you think there's anything to this? There's like this agenda 2030 out there and where uh, by, by 2030, we'll own nothing and we'll like it. And, <laughs> and you, know, you got BlackRock, you know, which I think they're actually selling. I, I hear a lot of these institutional investors are selling right now, um, but they bought up a lot of single, a lot of neighborhoods, a lot of single family properties all across the country. Um, what is your opinion on, you know, uh, just where we are and the just the home prices being unaffordable for the average person right now? Well, I I think there's a battle going on in Wall Street, right? So I, I, government's part of it, right? Mm -hmm. Fed's not really the government, but like mm -hmm. it's it's really the big money people that are swaying the mm -hmm. things. And if we're going to go down the uh, rabbit hole mm -hmm. a little bit, mm -hmm. um, I think that the government creates the things that we have. Mm -hmm. uh, I think w if I were big business, I often try to put myself in this, what would I want? I'd want to own the the United States housing market. Mm -hmm. That seems like a good play. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so I can, I can definitely see where it's lining up for big business to come in and, and own almost everything. Mm -hmm. And just this week, there's legislation that was put on the floor, both house and the Senate to make it so that within 10 years, all those, all those firms have to sell it back mm -hmm. that they have to liquefy. They're not allowed to buy anymore. So mm -hmm. there's going to be a fight mm -hmm. on what that, mm -hmm. but I am definitely a believer. We see it even in our own market, although Richmond has been insulated compared to some mm -hmm. of the other yeah. markets. Yeah. Yeah. You see the big buyers that came in and bought it up. Mm -hmm. You know, I think another thing they're doing with the high interest rates is they're wrecking commercial. Mm -hmm. And I think mm -hmm. it's intentional. And I actually think they're doing it. I think they're doing it because they're trying to get rid of commercial, uh, the regional banks. Mm. America's very unique in that we have, I think it's around 42, 4,500 mm -hmm. regional banks. Mm -hmm. That's not the way it is in most of the world. In mm -hmm. most of the world, there are only a couple national yeah. banks, right? Yeah. So if I were a bank, if I was Wells Fargo, mm -hmm. I'd be looking down at the 4,500 saying like, how do I get them? Mm -hmm. And here's how I get them. Most of the commercial asset is held mm -hmm. at the regional level. Like Wells community. Fargo has no exposure yeah. to their to the commercial. Well, they have some, of course, but yeah. Yeah. It, the regional ones can't handle the, the hit. Mm -hmm. And so it just like we saw a couple of collapses with SFBB and uh, I forget the other ones. We mm -hmm. saw two or three collapses last mm -hmm. year. Um, like it's the banks with big banks win mm -hmm. if the regional bank goes under. Mm -hmm. And so now the commercial is going to have really a lot of trouble to refi. Mm -hmm. And now the regional banks are getting trouble. And then, well, we, yeah. we have to bail them out. You, yeah. you go to sleep on Friday, you know, in your local, your local bank, and mm -hmm. then you, you wake up and it's a Wells Fargo. Mm -hmm. uh, but I would say that we're definitely in a world where the banks are consolidating yeah. everything. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would 100% agree with that. What's is there an opportunity in that for the local investor, the local single family, you know, or multifamily, right, uh, investor? For sure. In I was reading some Wall Street Journal article. I can't remember what it was. It actually passed to me by somebody else, and it was in four years. There's going to be a massive. Uh, desire for office space is actually going to mm -hmm. outpace what's there now, which is kind of contrarian to what we're seeing now, but that's the prediction. Mm -hmm. And so you're going to have this period where the commercial goes in the, in the toilet, mm -hmm. but at it, you back a horizon of four years where you see it's going to be really strong. Mm -hmm. So I think people like us and we're, mm -hmm. we're the small ones in the game. Mm -hmm. We're going to be able to go pick off some buildings. Mm -hmm. I think that if you, um, if it's a good property and a good location, mm -hmm. like that does matter. And mm -hmm. then, but the commercial they're gonna to have to sell because they get in trouble. Yeah, yeah. You'll need your own access to money. Yeah. It won't come from the banks. Yeah, yeah. That'll be the key. Yeah. But yeah, there's gonna be a lot of opportunities yeah. there. Yeah. 
Crazy, crazy, uh, crazy things going on. So um, it's fun times. Uh, it's I I agree. No, I agree. It's it's a, what do they say that uh, most millionaires are and billionaires are born during a bust, not a yeah, not a boom. And and um, this and it's crazy to watch the stock market. I mean, it's just crazy to watch. You know, another all another all time high. Uh, yesterday looks like we're headed towards another all time high. I mean, and you know, I don't know if that it just makes me nervous. Like looking yeah. at that. <laughs> It's like almost vertical. It's yeah. just it's just bonkers. Um it it has to be a it has to be a bump. Right. right, right it has to be right. I, but I've been saying that for like two years and it, they have masterfully uh kicked the can, but I feel like they've been doing that since the eighties. I'm just gonna keep buying real estate. I think that's right. You have to own <laughs> and especially in a world if they're gonna make hey, you don't own anything and you're gonna like it. Yeah. I just wanna be the person that owns a little bit. Because yeah, I'm ahead yeah. of everybody else, that's right. right? That's, that's exactly the best right. I can do. I one hundred percent and I think that's a great way to to kind of wrap up here, Rich. And and um listen, if you didn't, you know, take away uh I mean I've got a page full of notes on top of all these questions here. And you know, one of the things that Rich said early on was it is so important to get in the room. You know, proximity matters. And sometimes you gotta fight to get in those rooms. Sometimes you gotta pay to get into those rooms, but you gotta do whatever you have to do. If you're not where you wanna be, you're probably just missing out on a relationship or two. And they, you know, you, you gotta get outside your circle. And sometimes you have to actually, you know say say bye to some relationships yeah. that that may even be holding you back so rich i just want to say thank you so much for carving i know this I was know great busy i really I, enjoyed well, it same, same here i and, really enjoyed it um we're just grateful to be you know in your circle and we're going to try to get you know in, in your circle even deeper if you'll let us but um thank you sir yeah absolutely Happy holidays merry christmas happy holidays get in the room proximity matters we'll see you next time